Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Final Boss Fight Podcast Gaming Edition. We are joined again by my good buddy, Dimitri. How you doing, man? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Just uh, surviving this Canadian winter. Sounds brutal, man. The way I see the, all these posts on social media. It's crazy. It's, it's so ridiculously cold, and the wind is even worse. I, all I've seen is um, when the snow melts, that there's all kinds of slush and water going into buses and flooding tunnels, and it just sounds like chaos. Yeah. Well, what's bad is it'll do that one day, and then the next day it'll be minus 20, so all that slush becomes rock-hard ice mountains. That yeah, good times you. to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible times to drive. Luckily, I'm living downtown, so I don't have to drive that much. Yeah, that's actually a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But, uh, hey, people didn't come here for the weather report. Uh, they wanted to hear a bit about gaming, right? True, absolutely. We'll start off with uh, what we've been playing lately, which is our usual... Uh, it's been a while since we had a new show together, so uh, Dimitri, just, just tell us a little bit what's going on in PS4 land with you. Ah, oh, in PS4. Uh, it's just a whole mix of things. Uh, I was going through Spider-Man up until the last week, and that's such a fantastic game. I can't even begin to describe it. Um, just... I remember starting it off, and as I was swinging, I had this like giddy smile on my face, like I was some kid, you know, getting Christmas presents. I just loved it. Um, so that that one is really good, and I'm about to finish it this this coming week. I just had to delay a little because uh, my friend dropped off his VR set, his unit, and I had to take advantage. So I've been playing a lot of VR lately. Uh, just finished yesterday, Astrobot Rescue Mission, which sounds a bit silly, but it's actually one of the most innovative platforming games of I've played like in over a decade. Uh, so how does that work? Just, I mean, I mean, I've tried yeah. out PSVR one time. They had to demo it at EB Games, and it was yeah, just, yeah. just a shooter basically. But how would the platformer work in VR? Curious. Well, I mean, you have the depth perception, and basically it encourages you to like look around with your head uh, at certain angles or so on to find uh, trinkets and things like that. And you're you're looking for you're rescuing other little mini robots, right? And uh, it's it basically does it adds this new whole, whole love, level of uh, verticality and looking around and they got nice little kinks that um, through the controller you can actually use devices you unlock certain devices whether it's like ninja shuriken stars or like a water cannon and things like that and it plays into it adds uh, into the gameplay element so you're essentially two characters playing in this platformer you got the little bot in front of you that you control but you're a character in yourself and you're you play and, and interact with the environment around this other character. But it's the type of um, clever ways of, of uh, hiding things and uh, just taking advantage of, the, of the, um, the, the technology is something I haven't seen since uh, the like certain days of Nintendo doing things in Mario, you know, like Super Mario 64 or uh, Galaxy or even most recently Odyssey. And I just haven't seen any platformers on a PlayStation platform that are remotely as good. I mean, okay, granted, yeah, you got Ratchet and Clank and things like that, but I wouldn't even consider those pure platformers. And I've always been one of my concerns with VR is uh, how long can you play it? I mean, does it screw up your senses? Uh, it depends on the game. It depends on the game. Some games, um, because listen, the PSVR is among the, the the weaker VR units versus Oculus or HTC, but it makes it more, you know, just uh, affordable. Of course, the the thing is, some games, the way they develop, they understand the the motion sickness that people get, especially if it's moving a bit too quickly. Some just embrace it, like Wipeout Collection or Thumper, which are just like, you know, super fast uh, racing games. But others um, temper it by either having you sit on the couch and work on your VR headset from the, the comfort of your couch, 
or others minimize the movement and have just everything in your face in a, a almost static environment, but you can maneuver around 360 degrees. And that way it, it minimizes any motion sickness you may get. Most of it happens when you're moving forward in a, like a, I guess a quick way because you're, you're basically your eyes are trying to settle and uh, keep established yourself in the environment. And you, you get to sense this feeling that you're floating. And so for some people it makes them uneasy and could lead to motion sickness. And some games, the design is to avoid that. So they'll either cut into another scene where you're more static, more or less static, or it's a very slow, I guess, moving from one side, one end to another, point A to point B. So it, I would say, depends on the game, like some Resident Evil or the one I mentioned, Astrobot, you can play for easily an hour, an hour and a half session and not really feel that you're you're getting too tired, although it is a bit straining on the eyes. But if you're playing something that's a little more intense, like Wipeout, I suspect it's only a half-hour session max. Okay, so it's still a work in progress, you'd say, right? Because I don't think there's yeah. that killer game yet that makes people need to buy VR. No, Astrobot, I wouldn't call it a killer game, but I have to say it's game. it should have been one of the Game of the Year contenders. The way it was done, it's the innovation behind it. I can't even describe it. It's just really top-notch, and it's uh, really, um, I wouldn't, it's not underrated. It's obviously critically acclaimed and so on, but no one's talking about uh, things like that because it's obviously for a niche platform like PSVR. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think I've ever even heard of it until you just mentioned it. It's essentially Sony's attempt at even having like a new mas- mascot for this generation. Although obviously, you know, people will recognize more Kratos or uh, Spider-Man or things like that. This was a a game that basically became a full, fully fledged game from a demo that they initially showcased with uh, Playroom. Do you remember Playroom? It's all pre-installed in every PS4. Yeah, so I haven't one... used it, but that's I see well, you need a camera. You need a camera to use it, that's why. So this was when Sony initially had the idea of packing in the camera with uh, all PS4s, like how Microsoft had Kinect with all Xboxes. But when they decided to kind of uh, throw Microsoft under the bus by (laughs) launching their PS4 without the camera, uh, that technology was kind of dead in the water for a bit. But Playroom was actually a little fun, but it was a series of small, very small demos. And then when they launched VR... They asked, um, it's um, Studio Japan, it's uh, Sony's uh, one of the Sony's flagship studios in Japan, to create another set of demos with uh, VR in mind. And one of them was uh, about this little bot rescuing his, his other friends that were, you know, in other pl- on platforms and all kinds of things uh, in the environment. And that was a huge success. People loved that one. It was a standout in the collection and decided, you know what, let's make a, a full-fledged title. It's really, really good. Like if anybody has any PSVR units with them or they're interested in, in getting one, I'd say this game is is really really worth it if you're willing to already test out a PS PSVR. But there there are, there's a good selection of games. On. Like you can get Resident Evil Seven, of course. You got VR versions of racing games like Rally or Drive Club or Wipeout Collection or Gran Turismo. Uh, you got okay Thumper. You got one called Job Simulator, which sounds really <laughs> boring, but it's actually really funny apparently. And uh, more to come. Uh, they even have a studio here in London that focuses on VR. And they have one called London Heist, which is going to be Blood and Truth. That's based on London Heist, PlayStation World's demo that they had. I think that's so the one they, I they played got... at the uh, EB. Because you're, you're, I was sitting in a van and some British guy was telling me to shoot guys on motorcycles. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So that's the same studio that's making another one called Blood and Truth. That's going to take some of the elements they made there and make it into a fully fledged like crime game style like a uh, snatch or whatever well i mean um, vr has yeah. come a long way because i'm just thinking about the old days with the virtual boy 
Oh yeah. I, I don't know if you remember that. You're you're a little bit younger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was I mean, I was a kid obviously, but I remember at the time I was wowed even though it was probably shit. Uh, you know, as a kid you're impressed by the tiniest of things. Since then, surely it's come a long way. Yeah, well, it's it's accessible in a mainstream format, which is a big a big deal in, in the first place. Exactly, very big. And I'm I'm very curious to see where it goes. I mean, there's going to be I'm just curious where the limitations will be and and also what kind of new ideas we can do with VR that you can't do with the traditional controller, right? I think the the best way to, to, to see it, though, is to actually play because you can always try to explain it. And there are some things that you can explain to people like, oh, that's actually a really cool innovation. But you need to part of it is the immersion uh, element. And you can't it's even if if you have someone in the same room watching you play on the screen, it's not the same thing. You need to actually put the headset on and then you get that wow factor right from the get-go. But yeah, so this game was, it's not particularly long, but it's really just awesome and innovative for platforming. Uh, since Mario Odyssey, I haven't played anything remotely as good. Very cool, very cool. Well, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out in VR and see what's uh, going down the pipe because uh, it's it's a curious leap in the future. I hope it, and I hope it works out well. It doesn't, uh, doesn't die yeah. like it didn't pass. I, I doubt it's going to die. I think it's going to stay niche. That's the thing. Like it's already a couple million units sold. PSVR is by far the most popular of the of the VR units, although it's the weakest, just because it's just more accessible. But uh, Sony is doubling down on that. I don't think they have any uh, plans to kill VR. It's it's still making enough money for them, and uh, more support's coming in. Oculus has Facebook backing it up, so they're not going to quit anytime soon. And HTC does its own thing. And there, you might get another competitor in. And but I can't wait to see what the second generation of these this lineup of uh, VR units is going to look like. Should be very cool. That's but yeah, what are you playing? <laughs> uh, well, I want to go back to Spider-Man for a minute because I'm really happy ah, that you're finally playing this. Sweet, yes. I know, you're the biggest Spider-Man fan, Spider fan I've ever known. Yeah, and well, yeah, as Final Boss Fight podcast listeners know, we have the Spider-Man show going on now. When this game came out, that's just made me say I have to get the PS4 now because I need to play this. And as you now know, Dimitri, it's fantastic, right? Of course. You don't regret it, do you? No. You bought a whole... Yeah, of course. There you go. I mean, the web-slinging is the best it's ever been. It, it did like what Arkham did for Batman, and now you feel like Spider-Man? Absolutely. Honestly. Uh, like I said, from the moment I started swinging, I was super psyched. I was just like, this game, I just know already it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and um, it's got a great story. Yeah, I'm surprised. I was expecting, you know, just like your kind of traditional... I don't know, just copy-pasting something from a comic book, but with not doing it as well. Uh, and they really, they amped it up. I really enjoyed this version of Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the story with uh, Doc Ock and all these other characters and villains. I really enjoy it. So far, it's been very, very good. Yeah, they built a great universe, and I can't wait to see what's in store. I'm, I'm, there'll definitely be more of them, right? It's sold like crazy in this game. Nine, nine million copies last uh, last. Um, published like data came out it was nine million which is a huge seller it's basically top one of top uh, sony's top uh, first party sellers it's pretty good unless so. you're ea they'd probably say it underperformed but <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh we got to talk about, about as a side note we got to talk about the this thing with the stocks and these companies are all uh, failing lately um but that's a separate thing yeah, yeah. we're gonna talk about it in a second we we'll get that after we're done with our gaming uh talk uh so so that's it for your games uh big d uh Pretty much. Let me see. What else? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, what was it playing before that? I don't remember. Uh, lots, lots of Battlefield 1. That was really fun. Yeah, I think uh, I just jumped into Spider-Man, figured I wanted something a bit more meaty. And uh, it's really, 
it's scratching that itch. I, I particularly love the story with Doc Ock. I think they did it even better than in films or anything like that. Yeah, well, you had, just think you got it. a good build-up, right? He didn't just become Doc Ock. He started off as Otto Octavius and slowly descended a bit more into madness as time went on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's it was that one was really well done. And now he's leading the Sinister Six and... It's uh, shit's about to go down. I'm really excited to finish it off. Yeah, I want to hear what you think about the ending. It's, it's a good ending. Next uh, next episode for sure. I'll have a I'll have an answer for you. Excellent, excellent. Well, what I've been up to? Well, I I played Assassin's Creed Rogue. Finished it 100. percent Nice. Okay. You enjoyed it? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I was uh, addicted to it. This game, I don't know why it got so much flack when it came out. Uh, I guess maybe it was the lesser of the two Assassin's Creed that year. In- inevitably, when you when you come out at the same time as the, their flagship one at the time, Unity, people are going to do comparisons, and it felt for some people at the time very last gen, which is unfair because it did it was released on the last gen systems. Yeah, I mean so. it, it's it plays very much like Assassin's Creed Four. It's same basic idea. I mean, it was cool. You played as the perspective of a Templar. Yeah, so I hear it's uh, the bad guy. Look, how is that? It's good because they don't really make him out to be the bad guy. By their perspective, the assassins are bad guys, and it, you know, if you oh, watch it from their point of view, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's I've, that's what's interesting about this one because, you know, in at least in the Assassin's Creed, the earlier ones, the Templar uh, and uh, Abstergo or whatever, mm-hmm. they they all just seem like horrible baddies that your typical kind of Bond villains, uh, at least in the modern day, and. I, you know, the Templars, I, I find, I mean, if you look in actual history, they're quite a complicated, it's a complicated order with a lot of um, different elements at play. And I felt like Assassin's Creed kind of just simplified it too much to make it quite, you know, okay, uh, good yeah. guys. Are yeah, bad. make it black and white so we don't have to think too yeah. hard. <laughs> but uh, this one uh, mixes it up a bit. So Yeah, it's a good story. I liked it. And what's great is that it's, a lot of it's set in, the North North Atlantic, which is my area, so there's lots of Quebec cities in there and Canadian parts of uh, the coast. So it, I don't know. It's <laughs> just sure. cool to say you went to uh, Newfoundland and uh, Setsil, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's, I mean for Canadians for sure, it sounds great. Americans are like, no, I don't care about that. <laughs> Gives a shit about French Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You got the Assassin's Creed Three remastered to hold you over. Yeah, it's coming soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Come packed in with uh, apparently Liberation um, yeah, that, remastered as well. Yeah, those two come with the Seasons Pass for Odyssey. So I, I got to catch up to Odyssey. I'm still about four Assassin's Creed's behind. You're crazy, man. I'm just skipping that, and I'm going straight to the Odyssey. The moment I finish Spider-Man, I think that's what I'm jumping into, and I, I can't wait. You know, it's, it's taking a lot for me to hold back, but I just know that if I jump all the way there, I'm not going to go back, and I want to yeah, play them sense. all. So uh, I, yeah, yeah. Unity's you're, next one. You're up. disciplined. I'm trying to. It's hard. Just seeing how great Odyssey looks. It, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've even listened to some of the the score, the soundtrack, and it's really good, man. So far, at least presentation, it sounds really good. But I can't wait to play it and see what it's like to actually be in ancient Greece and have everything uh, so readily available at your disposal. I mean, obviously, there's like a progression system, but apparently, it's an expansive map, and there's a lot to do. It could easily go over a hundred hours. Oh, I don't sure. think any Assassin's Creed before that was that kind of long length, had that kind of length. I think with uh, Rogue, I spent about 30 to 40 hours, maybe, getting 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're gunning for these achievements, so that takes extra time. 
Yeah, I mean, I went through every goddamn little island to find a little treasure chest. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. Well worth all the, the time and effort you've put in. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you've, you've helped me change my whoring ways, Dimitri. Um, Have I? Yeah, I'm no longer so. as interested in getting a lot of easy achievements. I'm more interested in getting the harder ones that take more effort and feel more rewarding. There you go, man. That's what achievements are about in the first place. It's an achievement. You know, yeah. it's not going to play what Avatar or whatever <laughs> game you played for 20 minutes just to get a thousand gamer score points. Because yeah, what happened a while ago, I was playing uh, Forza Horizon 1. Okay, yeah. And I was trying to get this. Uh, finish this thing which was like get a certain amount of skill points and then like a two minute race or whatever and yeah. i spent at least a couple hours just raging at it and getting so mad and <laughs> i don't know if you ever play horizon but you get uh, multipliers if you're doing all these stunts but as soon as you yeah. hit something that multiplier dies and you lose everything yeah it sounds like project gotham or a lot of other racing games that i know yeah so so many times i'd have the multiplier on the score and like i'm almost at my number and then some stupid fucking car would hit me head on and i'd lose everything and i'd lose my shit <laughs> well yeah obviously you get road rage yeah. <laughs> literally but eventually i got it and it just feels so much more rewarding when you work for it yeah of course I, I want that feeling again man I want that high you're, you're you're that high you're addicted now yeah. oh shit that's dangerous man <laughs> so i'm gonna try a little harder to complete harder games and achievements in the future oh yeah you got quite your fair share on ps4 you got to catch up with the trophies too man I yeah, know, I know. You're, you're all about achievements, but the trophies are there as well. Yeah, trophies. I, trophies are good too. Um, they're good. For, they're good in my book. I like the categorization of the trophies, meaning that you know you can get a higher gamer, like a trophy score or whatever, by just farming all the bronze trophies from a bunch of shit titles, or you can get a bunch of golds or platinums and really show off. Like, okay, I got, I did this. I went as far as that. Yeah, I really got a lot of uh, my level went up a lot with Spider Man because I platinumed that. Yeah, I'm I still, sure. I still have to do the DLC. I'm, I'm in the second one right now. Oh, is that the uh, which one is that? The bank heist one? It's, or no, it's heist. Uh, it's called the heist, right? Yeah, it's the one with Hammerhead. Okay, I, I don't know the details of the story for there, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah, but gonna... it's, it's getting really hard. These guys are kicking my ass. Well, I, I guess they assume that at that point you're fully leveled up, and so you need to get baddies that are, you know, matching your uh, your play style or your your, your skill. So I took a break on that for a bit, but I'll probably get back into it soon. Uh, you, you should because if you if if the baddies are hard now, imagine when you forget all the controls and you have to get reacquainted with things. Yeah, <laughs> I had a friend who Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, the Frozen Wilds expansion pack. He played Zero Dawn, completed it like crazy, and took a year break. Got back into with Frozen Wilds, and Frozen Wilds at that point expects you to be, uh, you know, veteran, right? And it's unforgiving. So he really got his ass whooped. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Do a game start to finish in one, you know, consecutive thing, so that I don't take breaks and then forget how things, how controls work, and get messed up and discouraged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's inevitably, especially when you start a new game, you have to like learn an entirely new game, you know, control scheme Mm -hmm. or whatever, Uh, and so you kind of forget the other ones. Uh, So other than that, I uh, went to the library. I know you love when I go there. Oh my god, you're in this library. What is this? Is this like a treasure trove? I don't get it. It's it weird. is. Okay, the library here, the, the Grand Bibliothèque, they got so many games, it's incredible. So I oh. went and I borrowed uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Oh, yeah. That one everyone's uh, going gaga over. Is that any good? It, it, it's tough. 
I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, the original was tough, so yeah, makes sense. So, so I, I didn't play it that long because I wanted to get into the next game I'm going to talk about. But I, right. I was getting stuck in some levels and raging a little bit, so I figured oh, I'll come back to this another day because I didn't have the time to put the enough effort to getting good to get good as uh, Bloodborne players uh, say. Oh yeah, you're like crazy. I, I I have a friend who's crazy with that stuff. Dark Souls, Blood, yeah. Bloodborne. Uh. <laughs> I played that a little bit. I got addicted to the music for a while. Yeah, it's a uh, good music, man. Yeah, I listened to it uh, in a live orchestra. They oh, yeah. had uh, for all the Sony. Um, at the time, you know, the, like it was a PS1 era, so uh, really good on uh, live orchestra. That's, I couldn't believe it. That's cool. But yeah, but yeah, no, I I heard the, the trilogy is great, and of course now they have the Spiral one, and they're looking to possibly do something else. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, they got but, still got Crash Racing coming later this year. Yeah, Crash Racing looks like it's going to be uh, a, a really fun game. It's going to be true to the original and. Uh, another alternative to just having Mario Kart. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot's back, everyone. That's it. He's gonna he go, said it. He's going to go in Nintendo's office and, and talk shit and say, Sony does and Nintendo don't. You're going to have those old commercials with that, that mascot like guy in uh, full gear like in front of the, the office just shouting and yeah. saying stupid inane stuff. Yeah, 32-bit graphics. <laughs> I love it's those commercials. Days. It's, yeah, for you, it's like it feels back home, you know, versus today's gaming, which is all multiplayer and streaming and Ugh. just shifting into uh, an era that you don't understand or comprehend, you old man. No, you know, old man shakes hand at cloud. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right, what's this other game that you right. uh, that you want to talk about? Next one is the, the big release in the last couple of weeks. Uh, wait, I got to do the voice right. Resident Come Evil on. 2. There you go. Uh, that one's uh, going crazy in uh, the sales and everybody's saying it's the way you do a remake. Yeah, definitely. It, it it takes the basic game from 20 years ago, updates the control scheme, but actually makes it scary. I yeah, mean, I, I, any video clip I've seen, uh, gameplay footage or whatever, it's goddamn creepy. That tall guy in particular, whatever his name is. Yeah, Mr. X. Just fo- yeah, he just follows you and walks around and like very... Michael Myers ish. Yeah. Oh, like I've had I, nightmares. Like uh, if I fall asleep on my couch and I hear someone come up the stairs of my building, it freaks me out now. <laughs> oh, really? You just assume it's just this like seven foot tall guy who's just walking slowly to come kill you. That guy's freaky because you'll be in a room and you hear his footsteps, but you're wondering, okay, is he close or is he far? And then you open the door and he'll be right in front in front of you. Fuck. Oh God! You just gotta run That's, for your life. That reminds me of. Um... In Left 4 Dead, when you used to hear the witches, the little uh, you oh, know, yeah. wailing or whatever, and you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, how far is she? And then you turn the corner, and she's right there, and you're like, no! Yeah, yeah. and you're like, can I avoid her, or do I have to shotgun her in the face? <laughs> yeah, that was good times, man. But yeah, Resident Evil, sounds great. I need to play it. I'm glad to hear that it was a big success, because that means now you know, Capcom's going to keep revisiting uh, some of the older, sometimes, I would say, lately better ones, except for maybe 7 recently was really good. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they do Resident Evil 3. It'd be, it'd be cool. There's lots of cool things you can do with Nemesis. I mean, I don't know if they just do the same thing as they do with Mr. X and have them follow you around. They probably do something different than that, I think. Yeah, you know, now that they, this one's wrecking in the dough, they're surely going to take their time to make a good remake so they can uh, meet that standard. Yeah. But uh, I, I see that you know they, they can easily have this as a, one of the sort of filler titles between their big releases. Yeah, they'll definitely keep coming out with the newer ones. I'm sure Resident Evil 8 will come out at some point. Um, I mean, inevitably, like Resident Evil Seven started off very on a on a whimper, but the, it's held, it's had like legs, and it's been 
recently there was a uh, I think I shared it with you. There was an article that talked about uh, from uh, Capcom's um, revenue and so on because everyone's like submitting all their uh, their sort of uh, quarter you know earnings and so on quarterly earnings and uh, Capcom said that six million units uh, were sold, which is the biggest since uh, Resident Evil Five. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome because six like sold maybe I think just a, less than two million, which is pretty shitty for uh, Resident Evil game. Yeah, that one was a big disappointment overall. I got a, I, I'm that's another series I'm way behind. I <laughs> yeah. never finished five, six, or seven. <laughs> I mean, five is is not even a Resident Evil in a lot of people's view. It's like a co-op action title with a horror twist uh, set in the Resident Evil universe. So that one is probably the least scary of the bunch, apparently. Uh, yeah, where right. seven it goes back to the to the roots. So yeah. it was a soft reboot, right? Kind of. I mean, what they do with Resident Evil is good. Is every once in a while they kind of change the uh, the formula a bit. So yeah. seven kind of follows more like the uh, you know Outlast uh, kind of scary thing. Yeah, I mean, but you, at some point you you got you can't like okay you have uh, gameplay mechanics and these kind of things that are you know don't fix what ain't broke uh, kind of thing. Although you innovate. In a franchise that you're already at the seventh, eighth, and you know how many other uh, what do you call spin-offs they had and so on, you need to change it up a little bit. Otherwise, you're not evolving. Well, with yeah, time. for sure. If they were still using the tank controls from the original one, no one would be playing it anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, it'd be dead in the water. Uh, forget it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm just saying. I commend them for uh, changing with the times as needed. And it's it's paid off for them. You know, the it's it's selling like bonkers, and Capcom's doing well. So. No complaints there. I'm enjoying it. I'm still not done the first campaign. I'm getting near the end. For most of it, it's pretty similar to the original one. I mean, I played it a long time ago on the N64. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. That's a while back. Yeah. Uh, but most of it seems pretty similar. There's a few changes. It, it's pretty good. I mean, uh, if you get a chance, play it. Yeah. I mean, I barely remember uh, Resident Evil 2 when I uh, was testing it out with my brother back in the first PlayStation 1 days. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for sure, for me, it'd feel like a brand new title. Yeah, play it in the dark with at some, night. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, with the cat around, jumping on my back in the worst <laughs> time. Yeah, I'm going to screech like a little girl. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Got to check it out. It's, yeah. it's, it, it looks like it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's good signs for the future of the, the franchise, so. Yeah, and I got lots of stuff coming up that I'm excited for. I mean, we got Crackdown 3. Coming Friday, and like on the fifteenth, along with the Far Cry New Dawn. Yeah, Far. I mean, I don't know. You said Far Cry Five was fun, but it had some things that were frustrating. Yeah. Uh, and this feels like it's uh, sort of Far Cry Five point, you know, like and a half, whatever. Uh, it's not quite a full fledged sequel, but because it, it's like set immediately after the, uh, or not immediately, but whatever, like right after the the events of the five of Far Cry Five, and yeah. has a lot to do with it. So. I wonder just how much of a fully fledged sequel this is versus a you know a way for uh, Ubisoft to keep uh, bringing in some money. Yeah. But I don't know why. For some reason, I'm excited for it. I can't explain why, but I really want to play I, it. it. It looks good. I mean, obviously they they mixed it up. They you know a lot of the the different color palettes that they're jumping in. It it, it does feel somewhat like Rage Two in the the way it looks. Yeah. Uh, and so some people are even, you know, putting memes to compare the the two. You know, the Far Cry franchise has uh, been doing well generally, and there's a, a good fan base for it. Uh, I don't think that many people have been that interested in the creator bit. Like, I know I've seen all kinds of things where people recreate homes from, I don't know, other horror films or even like Home Alone. But I don't know how much you've tested that out and whether there's a feature in that. 
but uh, the main story is is really where it's at. People really enjoy checking out what's going on. From what from what I gather in Far Cry Five, some real shit went down <laughs> with that cult. Oh yeah, I I, I played that game maybe. 20 hours and, it, and, and I got nowhere near the end but there's some freaky stuff in that the, the trippy drugs they, they throw at you at times well that's a cult you gotta you can't have a cult without drugs yeah and uh, I, w- I was gonna say the, the, ne- the big really big game for me coming out in April is uh, Mortal Kombat 11 yeah everyone's psyched about that so the reveal pumped. event was uh, was a huge success brutalities and fatalities are looking even more crazy than before uh, just really indulging in that uh it's almost gratuitous, but I don't know. I guess it's gratuitous, yeah. But it really looks good. Although I saw there was a, a leaked post through Valve or something like that, through Steam. The, some, I forgot, I haven't read the details, but basically they, the roster list might have been leaked. Yeah, I saw that some names the that are, there was Yeah, the names the there. there you go. Some of the names uh, are familiar and some aren't. They're all like code names with like shorts, like Kot would be like for um, Kotal Khan and things like that. But I don't know... Uh, I don't know all the characters, and there's some that are unknowns, so they might be new. Yeah, they always add a few new characters in every Mortal Kombat game. Oh, they got it. You know, keep it fresh. Don't have just the same old uh, Scorpion, Sub-Zero. Uh, <laughs> well, so. they always have all those, and then they bring in a few of the older ones, and they bring in a few new ones. They just yeah, revealed I mean, Cabal will be in it. Yeah, I saw that. Man. The, the, the video clip was uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I for... The coming months, like there's a lot of good titles coming out and stuff that I definitely would want to play at some point, but I'm not rushing for anything. I don't think there's like a killer app coming out anytime soon that I want to get day one. I mean, I saw Devil May Cry 5 is getting a lot of good feedback. Obviously, you have like Kingdom Hearts 3, although uh, the story is now so complicated. I don't know if it feels just like daunting <laughs> to start off again. Uh, and then Resident Evil 2, I think, would be uh, probably the closest to a, a you know new buy I'd like to get. Maybe, you know, I, I'm still having, I have hopes for Days Gone, the Sony Ben title, the guys who made Siphon Filter. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of a zombie, uh, post-apocalyptic uh, zombie open world game, which uh, is getting a lot more, uh, you know, media coverage or whatever. It looks good. I just don't quite think it's going to be up to the same standard as like God of War or Last of Us or things like that. So I'm not sure. I have to wait. I think uh, I have to wait for the 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 bigger stuff coming out towards the fall. There's just so much out there, and it's all so long that we got to be very choosy about what we play. <laughs> kind of. Can't I mean, do it all. I mean, listen. There's a backlog already. Like, I still got Assassin's Creed. I got Resi- uh, sorry, Red Dead Redemption, which is apparently like 100 plus hours. Oh yeah, we spent a long uh, time on that one. That's it, you know. And uh, some other old titles. Like, I, I still have like about, I'd say about 40 odd titles that I've, I haven't even touched yet. Yeah, um, I mean, I got tons of. Uh, old PlayStation 3 trilogy packs and you just start like Jack and Daxter. Or oh, those are good. The those, Jack yeah. and Daxter. That's awesome. So definitely get on that. Yeah. But yeah, and then on top of that, I have Nintendo Switch now, which, oh. you know, has some good stuff coming up too. I'm still trying to get all the uh, thousand or so moons, power moons that uh, are available. I really want to play a, Mario. It looks fantastic. The Super Mario Odyssey yeah. is last year, definitely uh, one of the best titles I played. I mean, I played some really seriously good titles because I was just playing catch-up. So, you know, God of War, Horizon, Uncharted, all these others, Journey and whatever. But Mario is definitely up there as one of the top. Uh, I, I loved it. I had a great time with it. And then the portability of the Switch with it, I can play anywhere on my, my trips. And I just loved it. It was a, It's a full, like, brand new, full 
fully immersive, just amazingly done, designed uh, Mario game with a lot of replayability. And I'm, I'm hoping that uh, they're going to release now. There's rumors of an unannounced uh, Switch game for 2019, aside from the ones they've announced already. And people are hoping for Super Mario 3D World, which is the Wii U title that was really awesome, but no one played it because no one had Wii U. And uh, now everyone by relaunching it. <laughs> everyone has a switch now they're selling like hotcakes so why not relaunch one of the best titles of the last generation just revamp it a bit and it's essentially a new mario that can sell another 10 million units why not yeah without too much work <laughs> well that's it i mean the mario kart 8 deluxe that came out on switch is essentially the same mario kart that came out on wii u with a couple of i guess uh, some tweaks and things like that and the game is the best-selling game on the switch with 15 million units sold holy crap yeah half the the the, the user base uh Everyone who's bought it has Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Nintendo has been there. If you see their figures that they've uh, released recently, the figures are, are you know, the games are just big successes. Like even the new Pokemon Go, which is a remake of Pokemon Yellow, has sold over 10 million, 10 million units and it came out in October. Um, the Mario Odyssey, about uh, 13, 14 million. Legend of Zelda even sold about 10. So, and Legend of Zelda is like, it's, very popular, but it's not. It's never been a, the sort of big, big sellers like the the Mario games. So uh, it's a bit. The Switch is really doing uh, amazingly well, though. Nintendo has put down their forecast for the number of units sold coming up, down from twenty to, to seventeen. Their stocks have dipped, much like other major companies, which <laughs> I love to talk about. And they're um, taking a very cautious approach because there's a lot of uncertainty now in this. Um, transient phase between generations everyone is kind of like i don't know i don't know what's going on gaming has had the biggest growth now for years generally in the u.s alone it's basically was 43 plus billion dollars uh, made and if you look at it compared to the box office movie box office 10 billion for the movies another 8.8 or something for music and another 20 odd something for streaming services so gaming is pretty much all of those combined and then some but everyone is uh, wary about, I don't know, this uh, period where between the, the generations and some people are calling them the death of consoles. Uh, I find it a bit kind of exaggerated, alarmist even. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised that's what's going on. So sorry to segue into one of the topics I well, suggested to discuss. That's right. Let's, let's use this as an opportunity to segue into the, those segments about uh, business talk. Business talk. Fair enough. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, all these companies are now submitting their quarterly earnings. And across the board, with a few exceptions, uh, it seems like everyone is uh, not doing very well. <laughs> their shares have, uh, have tanked uh, in recent, you know, from 13%, 14% plus. And it's led, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you, like the big companies. You got Electronic Arts, of course, right? That uh, has had a, a rough year last year. Battlefield Five did not meet their sales expectations right it sold a million units less than they expected although 7.3 is i think is still a uh, commendable figure i just think uh, i think the estimates are way too high or maybe they, need it. Maybe, they, maybe they put too much money into it that they have to sell this money to make any money out of it. i don't know probably i mean listen look dice is an expensive studio to keep up they even though they're a well-established studio that takes them some time to make these games and ea is known for sometimes forcing really tight timelines uh, for for some of the games, and that's why you see a lot of the sports titles sometimes are not as good. Mm-hmm. I think it's just they expected to have another stellar year with FIFA and uh, Battlefield, you know, 
leading the, the, the pack, the lineup, and they didn't meet the sales figures. FIFA did well, and the, the, the franchise's future is pretty healthy. You see, some people told me that FIFA 19, uh, they changed some gameplay elements that really ruined the game. I don't know if they fixed them since. Battlefield 5 got delayed from October to November launch, right in the midst of the sort of chaos around Black Friday and a lot of these sales discounts. So they needed to already cut off like 20, 30 bucks off the, the title in order to you know compete with other titles like Black Ops 4. But their big complaint is that they're just not as popular as Fortnite, which, you know, yeah, it's a very well. different title. So. Um, and they've had to delay the Battle Royale. It just, the <laughs> list goes on. And then they even had a mobile Command & Conquer was they were hoping that was going to be a big seller, but uh, it, it ended up not doing as well. And we can, that's another topic about mobiles, but mobile games, sorry. But that's not just EA. So you got Take-Two Interactive, which had the best-selling game of the year, 23 million units shipped or sold, um, and their, their stock's still tanked. Activision Blizzard, their stock's tanked. And most recently, they've announced that they're laying off hundreds of people, mostly at Blizzard. What do you call it? Square Enix? Not doing very well because Tomb Raider and Just Cause didn't sell as well as they had hoped. Uh, Capcom's the only one that seems to, to be doing pretty well because of Monster Hunter World. That is that was a $12 million. Yeah, huge hit of the year. I mean, Monster Hunter is huge in the Asian markets, but this one really broke into the mainstream uh, in the European and American markets. So it's a big deal. So Capcom's doing fine. But then after Nintendo, uh, even though they had a very good year, like I said, they, uh, they're they a bit more cautious about coming up, what's coming up. Sony, uh, obviously their, their stocks have um, gone down a bit because there's still so much uncertainty about when PS5 is going to be announced and when it's going to come out. What the hell's happening with their trifecta of uh, big releases that are, are, are yet to be dated. And, uh, you know, who knows? Microsoft has pretty much almost given up on Xbox One now and is already looking forward towards... Uh, Project Scarlet. Who knows what's going on? The, the industry is in a very weird stage, uh, and everyone's very uncertain. So the stocks have really taken a tumble. Now I'm wondering: is it a lot of this just people comparing the console and PC market to like the mobile or free play market? Because that's a to- they're totally different ways of monetizing gaming, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, the traditional way is you pay up front for the full game, and that's it. But now with the, the Fortnite way, is you get base game for free and if yep. it might be actually any good you gotta spend money on it well listen i mean for fortnite don't get me wrong for fortnite or other games the 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 spending that you make is is mostly for cosmetic purchases uh you know like new dances emotes and things like that so it's not like it, it fundamentally gives you an advantage in the in the battlefield <clears throat> and you see that trickling into the traditional games left and right right you you have i mean okay there was a season passes and then now there's a lot of these there's a loot box thing, which is another whole different uh, yeah, you know, element that's very controversial. But you see it in a lot of games now that you know they they sell you uh, camos and all kinds of things like that for your weapons or I don't know what. And the free to play market has kind of uh, fused in a little bit with the traditional market now because the games are uh, targeting the same uh, demographic, the, the base. Uh, look at Apex Legends, right? Uh, which takes like the Titanfall world and um engine and the well the, the valve source engine and the, the sort of mechanics and turns it into free-to-play and it's become a big success so you're going to see a shift from a lot for a lot of companies to incorporate some f2p elements in their game uh, certain franchises some it depends though take two said they're not doing that they're going to stick to their with the what they know best which is the triple a single player games but others who are less 
inclined to invest so much money in big big franchises that don't necessarily sell that well will inevitably jump to the F2P or or something similar in the market with mobile and so on, microtransactions. Yeah, and that's so. the part that you know, scares me as the old man and makes me sad is that some of these not-so-big franchises are getting going to be left behind because they can't find a way to monetize it with the, the free-to-play or loot box, whatever model, right? Like a game like Dead Space... I don't yeah. know if that's ever coming back, you know, or uh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell, heavy rumors that it's going to come back. Yeah, uh, but, but that's, that's, that's when Ubisoft it's all rumors, versus right? EA, though. It's Ubisoft versus EA. I think Ubisoft is just waiting for the right time to reboot the franchise. But EA is the type of uh, publisher to, you know, uh, kill all kinds of very good franchises just because. So uh, it's. I think it's part of, like, the behavior and patterns of certain publishers versus others. Ubisoft has taken a, a slightly different approach than EA, I'd say. Some of their titles still get support today that have been out for years, like Rainbow Six Siege or Ghost Recon Wildlands. And, um, you know, their Division 2 is going to look into keep, you know, it's going to have a, ideally a, a long life cycle. They're, they're supporting them a lot, whereas EA uh, tends to, like, support a game for a good year and then moves on. With Apex Legends now, potentially, them it's being the first one that they're going to be like, okay, actually, we should... We should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game um, just came out of nowhere. I, just, I don't know how you keep something like that secret. It's crazy. You need to you need to make sure that there aren't any leaks. And I think anybody in the marketing uh, department there realized that you can't sell this game well if you, if it leaks out early and it's announced as a free to play battle royale, you know, uh, game that's basically their take on you know uh, the sort of blackout mode and. Um, Call of Duty slash Fortnite, like it would just the media would rip into it and say, "Oh, it's just a copycat," without having played it, and the game would then suffer as a result. Whereas now you have what 10 million people that signed up in the past uh, couple of days. It's people overwhelmingly all say that it's it's a pretty good game. Yeah, of course it needs some work, but meaning it's a really pretty solid right off the the bat. Whereas other battle royale games start off with a lot of bugs and glitches, like PUBG and h1z1 and this one is already like a full strong fully fledged ftp game with a, a lot of good gameplay mechanics i mean essentially just repurposed titanfall tight gameplay mechanics from the titanfall franchise and added in a sort of a heroes thing from overwatch it's it's doing well and I'm, I'm glad that to hear that at least something like that's happening i think your fear of a sort of alarmist approach that the sort of mid-tier franchises might uh might suffer there's definitely a valid you have a valid point there but if you remember back in the day when the mid-level publishers like um, Acclaim and whatever, Midway, when they, when they all uh, shuttered, people were always worried about, oh, the quality of titles is going to dip because you're just going to have a small select number of publishers uh, churning out crap all the time. But you still had some really good titles overall, right? And gaming has, has been better, I'd say, today versus 10 years ago because it's more diverse. you got all kinds of crazy good titles from for all different audiences yeah it's uh there is a bigger uh diversity as you said because we got a lot more players out there right who want different yeah. things and yeah i mean the old man in me is always worried about single player suffering but i mean we've had some big single player games the last year so i should yeah you should you should stay hard for now like you got your fair share i mean yeah. god of war spider-man red dead what else I mean, you got lots of, you know, Detroit, these other uh, interactive adventure games, whatever, are choice-based. Yeah, you're, you're going to get your, your sort of anthems and the, the Black Ops and these kind of things. But you'll also get 
pretty solid single player games coming out. Yeah, so I, I should uh, stop my alarmist views. Yeah, <laughs> I mean just just look at right now. You got Res Two single player, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three pretty much single player. You know, big expansive game, right? Yeah. What do you call it? Days Gone? It's coming out. It's gonna be single player. Crackdown. Okay, we'll have multiple elements, but there's a whole campaign there for you. What else is there? Far Cry has a single player campaign as well. Yeah. It goes on. So it's not not everyone's done the the shift into just free to play multiplayer, not for Mark titles. Not for me. <laughs> that's it. No, but uh, it is it is an alarming trend that's happening with all these companies not doing well, and everyone for some reason looking into the sort of death nail of uh, console gaming. So I'm, I'm curious to see, like, do you think that it's just because of the you know 2018 was an uneven year for a lot of uh, publishers, or is it is it because we're we're seeing a fundamental shift towards I don't know the the sort of less traditional gaming taking off and then the this this will end up being niche versus the the, the mainstream uh, well i think a lot of it was uh over high expectations to match a totally different market of games uh, yeah and like you said there is that like i said this weird phase where we're not sure how consoles are going to be or if they're even going to be around in 10 years right might just go all the streaming uh ps now kind of model yeah which so, is very plausible who knows? Especially what's with happen. all these uh, these people putting their 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 gauntlet into the like you got what Verizon, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Apple, Sony as well, all jumping into this uh, future potential streaming only service, either through a box or just via a browser. Which is That's a whole another other thing for the old man me to worry about, but we can save that for another show. <laughs> I think uh, for that one, you don't you don't need to be worried just yet because it's going to take some time for uh, the infrastructure to be there. You know, there's uh, all kinds of issues around latency. So I know that Google Chrome has had uh, Odyssey streaming from uh, from the, the the browser site, and I was a testing like a test, and it, apparently it's done well. But games that you need like that sort of millisecond of accuracy uh, with the latency issues that streaming br- uh, brings, it would be very difficult to do this sort of competitive gaming. Yeah, like a fighting uh, via... game would be tough on that. Exactly. So I think we're still a bit off, and I, we're going to get at least one more round of consoles. So you, you needn't worry about it for another, okay. I'd say, five, six years. Okay, good for a while. Uh, so speaking of failures, uh, this, this game that came out last fall that was a mostly single-player franchise, you tried to branch out into the uh, multiplayer uh, thing, and, well, it didn't quite work out. Uh, yeah. You can game, say that again. This game is Fallout 76. I guess what I want to talk about is all the crazy stuff. Like, okay, why was it such a failure? And I just want to kind of point out all the ridiculous uh, sales for this game that I've seen and you've seen lately. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to start? Yeah. Uh, so here in Canada, I was recently in a Best Buy, looking around, and I saw the Xbox One X bundle, which is. $600, the typical one. And then right next yeah. to it was the same bundle, but with Fallout 76 in it. And the thing is, this bundle was $130 cheaper than the version without the game. <laughs> okay, that's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they want to get rid of this so badly that they, they've made it... They've basically given you almost two free games to get rid of this one game. <laughs> Selling it at a loss almost, it sounds. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. well, I want to say that our, uh, our good co-host, Dave, is actually uh, taking, taking advantage of this deal, and he's uh, picking up an Xbox One X with Fallout, even though he has no intention of ever playing Fallout 76. 
oh, he's going to play it, and then he's going to rant and shit on it all all the time for the next uh, <laughs> podcast show. I can't wait. <laughs> we should actually ask him to play a bit and give us his uh, his feedback. It'd be really funny. Yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, no, this game uh, went through a very rough launch and rough post-launch period with this, the weird ways they decided to approach the supporting the, the content and you know dealing with customer service issues i think the the key thing that speaks out of all this is bethesda's arrogance and the way they approach this they really for some reason decided to put you know shove this down everyone's throat say you want this you know live interactive i don't know living game or whatever and everyone hangs out but they've taken the essence out of what makes Fallout great, which is just, you know, amazing progression system right? and interacting with the characters with a good storyline or whatever uh, over time in an open world. And this one turned it into this barren, multiplayer-focused kind of grind, really. Uh, everyone's saying it's all about the grind there. And it's, it's, it's they've emphasized a lot of the very boring gameplay elements of the Fallout franchise and taken away a lot of the good stuff that makes Fallout what it, you know, as good as... The, the third or fourth one that people seem to love a lot. I think it's arrogance at the heart of it. Bethesda, uh, you know, they they launched it okay. Every online enabled game like that ends up always having a rocket launch. I've, I don't think I ever, I've heard of one that that launched uh, seamlessly, like without any issues. But instead of you know hearing out the the gaming community, the the players, they decided to keep getting worse and worse and worse over time. <laughs> so. Yeah, server issues, bugs, technical glitches, these kind of things, inevitable. But then Bethesda had this like ridiculous, uh, you know, the the the, the tone of, of the way they approached and, and respond to people. Just they were completely complete assholes, right? You had this the the merchandise package that was uh, the tote bag or whatever it is, the the giant like the duffel bag. Yeah, you're supposed to get a good canvas was, bag, ended up being a shitty nylon bag. bag. That's it, you know? That's just false marketing and lies to begin with. But it's not even just the false marketing bit. It's afterwards, right? People were like, what the fuck is this? And their response was, oh, we're going to give you these, what, 500 uh, in-game currency nonsense that can buy buy you basically your way of of, uh, our sort of, we're sorry, you know? Which is... (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, not sorry. I feel like it's the... Sort of South Park clip where you know someone's just rolling and trying to look all cute and saying we're sorry, but like it's complete shit. Yeah, it was a bad way of approaching it. They've they've turned back on this obviously because of the the backlash. That's that on top of another thing. You know, if you want to buy certain items that shouldn't cost more than two dollars or three dollars, they're selling them at a markup to like fourteen fifteen, right? For a couple of skins and some you know small gameplay addition. Which is ridiculous. Uh, that's the price of a, of a DLC pack. Yeah, I'm going to um, buy it for a, a shirt or whatever. <laughs> that's it. I think, I mean, there's some things that you, the, it, you can't blame them. They, it wasn't expected. The way some people were using the nukes and these kind of things. Like, um, yeah, well, they probably should have anticipated. But. As soon as I heard that the nukes were going to happen, like, I thought, okay, there's going to be so many assholes that are going to ruin this for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and, and inevitably there were. But I just... You know what I mean? Like they they basically took what was essentially like a super you know elaborate uh, I guess a, a strong franchise, tried to make it a fun experience online and failed. And instead of listening to the the, the gaming community, the people who were actually playing the game, and tweaking it to you know to meet to match their expectations or their their desires, they're just like, oh well, you guys have to deal with it, and we're gonna I don't know. <laughs> 
They kind of said, "Well, we already got your money." Yeah, or they're you know, it, it's like it's like it sounded like EA the way when EA got backlash for Battlefield Five. They're like, "Oh, well, if you don't like it, don't play it." Well, no one fucking plays it if you're not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been a just a mess, a complete mess. I, I I don't hear, I don't know anybody who still plays it uh, anymore. What's the reason? Yeah. And there was even a, another scandal around hacking, right? Where people's data might have been uh, revealed, which obviously doesn't help. Then there was another bit of some users, some uh, gamers, sorry, uh, getting access to like the developer-only rooms yeah. that were like filled with every single item in the game. Which, on the one hand, if you're designing a loophole where you have the the developer-only room, don't put that in the actual final game. Uh, and when people found it and started exploiting it, of course, and instead of reacting and saying, "Ha, it's funny, you know, our bad," they started banning these people. You know what I mean? As if they're cheaters. It's not their fault that they found the developer-only room. It's not like they put a code in and that was it. It's your shit design uh, flaw that you didn't think about that. There was, there's just this thing was uh, as they say, snake bitten from the beginning. And it's, it's just been a downward spiral. Yeah. There was even a recent game patch that made things actually worse. <laughs> it, it led to more uh, glitches, and they've introduced more bugs. The the value, uh, the the progression system with the value of some of the, the the in-game currency has actually been lowered or some shit like that which makes it more difficult for you to buy anything, it ends up adding on to the grind. It's it's one of those games, it's like the perfect example of how not to introduce these sort of microtransactions, how not to to deal with gamer complaints. They're, you know, it's rightfully so. They, they should get a spanking for this and figure out how to fix this for Elder Scrolls Six or whatever other title they they have down the pipeline. Plus, it doesn't help that they're using a 20-year-old engine yeah, to do looks, something completely like new for them. <laughs> I mean, they, they wanted to stick with the... I mean, it, it speaks to volumes just to think that you have this engine that you've been working with for for you know over a decade, and you somehow fuck up with this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's not only that it looks bad, like it doesn't look like, uh, you know, obviously you're not expecting Red Dead Redemption-style graphics, but it's... It doesn't look good, and on top of that, you can't seem to handle the engine you're using in the first place. There's no excuse. The game uh, and the way Bethesda's handled it is such so piss poor, they deserve all the the backlash they're getting. And the company is obviously not going to be doing as well. And I think they suspected that this game was going to be like the sort of the game that would rack in the dough until they managed to release uh, Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield, which are their, their big franchises coming up. But now they're, they're, it seems like I've heard rumors that they're rushing the development for Elder Scrolls Six because they need something to fill in the coffers because Fallout 76 was not that game. No, it did not work out for them at all. Oh, yeah. And, and you see all these memes where you had like hundreds of copies uh, lining up store shelves and everyone's like, well, no one's going to buy that. And even here in, in, uh, in Europe, there was a deal in Germany where if you buy a new controller, you get the game for free. <laughs> so, you know that's that speaks volumes about the quality of it. If it was like a, you know, Microsoft or Sony packed title with the controller, that makes sense, right? You know, yeah. For a multiplayer game or whatever. But this is just the store trying to get rid of copies of it, right? That's it, or or whatever. I don't know what Bethesda has done, but it's just this was a clusterfuck for them, right. absolutely. And the problem is why everyone's also frustrated is because they wanted to love the game. Yeah, it's a Everyone. huge fan base for the Fallout franchise. That's it. They, they, it's, it's led from, you know, okay, Bethesda is known for having glitched launch titles, right? Fallout New Vegas, which is apparently, according to people, one of the best Fallout games ever, uh, was notoriously glitched and had a lot of issues initially, but they've picked it up since. Whereas this one, you had the rough launch that was followed by months of controversy, 
you had all this arrogance in the, their approach of answering the customer service complaints, right? Glitches and technical bugs, server issues, the hacking, design flaws, people where their progress was getting uh, impeded on. I don't know how exactly. I haven't played the game properly, so I wouldn't know. But they did nothing to handle the anger of the gaming community. Well, you see the result. <laughs> They're paying the price. And, uh, yeah, and this should be uh, a, a sort of, what do you call a warning sign for all those other publishers that are trying to launch a half-assed title with a multiplayer component to, to strip away the essence of the what made the game great. You know, make sure that you, you approach things with, you know, a proper design approach and realize, okay, you know, maybe Fallout doesn't translate well as a, as a massively multiplayer thing. And, and yeah, I don't know. I really, I really don't know how they fucked this up as bad as they did. This game basically has to be... Uh like the severed head outside of a castle to warn people not that's to do it. this. <laughs> I, I, that's it. And and this, it's been a year where publishers have learned not to fuck around with the gaming community. <laughs> yes. Sometimes, sometimes the gaming community has been a bit uh, heavy handed in their response to some things, but yeah, this is a warning to the, the Activision blizzards and the EAs and uh, some of the take two uh, portions like with NBA 2K and so on, uh, or 2K games there that, you know, you, you can't do this shit. And think that you, you're going to get see the sales. So hopefully uh, we won't see more titles like this. Yeah. Well, as long as people vote with their wallet, that's how we, change happens, right? If you if people buy all this crap and then complain about it, well, they're not going to care because they'll just keep making it because you paid for it. Well, that's it. Yeah. If they've already got your money, then they have no incentive to change. Exactly. But yeah, this is a big wake up call for Bethesda. They're generally a good publisher. Uh, they've made some. They've put invested in some some franchises that others wouldn't even consider publishing, but. They've been, you know, risky sometimes, but this one was a stupid idea. And uh, I was going to say, I think I saw there was a deal also somewhere in Europe where if you bought that Xbox One X bundle that came with it, they gave you another copy of the game free. <laughs> <laughs> that really, oh my God, that's just like, oh, you know, you may have a friend who has an Xbox as well and you can just hand it for free, you know, just give it or sell it online or some shit like yeah. that. No one's going to buy it. At some point, it'll be walking in the store and here's a copy of the game. <laughs> here it's like a te- like a one of those like testers you know you just have a, someone with a little booth in the corner yeah oh god uh, yeah this is it, uh, it's just the biggest disappointment of the year definitely 2018 yeah. and luckily i mean i'm not a huge follow-up fan so it didn't affect me too much but i'm sure it's, it's crushed a lot of big fans in this year. yeah i mean rightfully so uh you know if you if it's like you're expecting you haven't played a you know a game in that franchise for a couple of years. You you want something new. You want something fresh. They tell you, don't worry, you guys. We're still going to keep the Fallout experience. It's just going to be a slightly different take. You'll love it. And then you start off and you're like, okay, this has the same animations, the same whatever. And then you realize that it's actually quite shit. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Well, uh, on that downer, I think that's going to be it for today's show. Uh, anything else you want to bring up, Dimitri? Nah, man, I'm good for now. But uh, we'll definitely have lots to talk about when Dave's back. Yeah, Dave, and, uh, Dave always has a lot to talk about, which is great. Yeah, he adds the, the ranting bit. Well, yeah. I've ranted this time, but he, he's going to take it up a notch. Yeah, but he has the anger with it. True, it's always very true. <laughs> uh, everyone, go onto the uh, Facebook page of uh, Final Boss Fight Podcast. Uh, we're trying to get a community going, get some, uh, get some good discussions and good chats. And uh, please go on there and post. Uh, interact with your fellow players and movie watchers, Spider-Man fans. Uh, Hey, everyone's welcome on the page. That's great, guys. Check it out. Please do. And uh, for Dimitri and Mark, and uh, that'll be it for this episode. Uh, Everyone keep playing and uh, enjoy video games. Good night. Have a good one. Take it easy.